making sure everything's still on. Did I smudge my glasses? I think I did. Well, that's okay, because I accidentally opened up two lens cleaning cloths at the same time. They're stuck together, you know. Here we go. Uh, so what's happening? Today is Wednesday, September 13th. Uh, this is Ask a Traffic Cop, and my name is Sean Shapiro. I'm that guy on the Internet that answers your traffic and police questions. I also happen to be a police officer with the Toronto Police Service, specifically working and specializing in traffic stuff and things. So I know a few things, and I share the few things that I know when you ask questions. This is all about you asking questions. That's how the show works. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to be starting, the, uh, starting this hour-and-a-half-long uh, thing that I do. And it's an extra large episode today because we're joined by Jerry Agar, or will be in about two minutes' time, joined by Jerry Agar on News Talk 1010. So we'll be uh, on the air in the Toronto area. Actually, they're, they're on a, a bunch of places beyond Toronto, so it's not just Toronto. Uh, but we are going to be on the air on the radio, and of course that means that we have the opportunity of having some call-in guests, uh, assuming it goes to uh, the way it normally goes. We're, it's a different time. This is weird. We, we, we normally do this at 9.30, uh, and today we're doing it at 10.30 because, you know, the world is changing. Uh, oh, oh, across GTA and St. Catharines, News Talk uh, jumped in to, uh, to let me know. That's a great thing. I can get text messages from everybody. Uh, if you are wondering how to reach out to us, uh, you can do it in a couple of ways. First of all, if you're on one of many platforms uh, like YouTube, uh, Twitch, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, uh, we got TikTok, Kick, and well, I would say Twitter, but you can only watch us on Twitter. If you're actually wanting to interact with us, go over to trafficcop.ca. Uh, you can go to the link to the show for today, or you can go to youtube.trafficcop.ca. It'll bring you right to our YouTube channel. So if you're on Twitter, you can actually join us. Well, X, formerly known as Twitter, you can join us. Uh, but let's uh, let's put this graphic up. If you want to call into the show, 416-872-1010 or text 71010 to get into uh, the control room with uh, with Jerry Agar and team and uh, possibly have your question brought into the show. Assuming that we have time, I don't know how this, we're going to do a single segment today. Uh, so uh, we it, it's going to be a little shorter than normal, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'll let you know once we are uh, we are getting the word that we're 30 seconds out. This of the show. is Jerry Agar. <laughs> we're going. Good to have you along. Uh, Sean Shapiro works for the traffic safety programs in Toronto, traffic operations, and he started up uh, a thing daily on uh, TikTok, at Traffic Services, answering people's questions about uh, traffic issues, which are these questions seem endless. And so we decided every couple of weeks to dip in. Sean Shapiro, good morning. Good morning. This is our All new right. time. Yeah, and some of the questions, you know, we've been asked before, they're similar, but I can't, I can't recall anybody asking this. Mike in London, Sean, wants to know if he's obligated to stop when he hits somebody's pet. Oh, my. Um, yeah, if you're, if you are, uh, if you're causing someone or something damage or, uh, uh, or injury, uh, yeah, you've been involved in a collision. Uh, that, that one's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, if you hit property, it's clear cut. That is property, even though it's a living thing. I, I'd say, yeah, calling, stopping obligation to stop and, and call police, uh, and get further direction. Well, maybe he's worried there's some sort of jeopardy for him. Well, and likely there would be. Uh, I, you know, the, the concept of coming into contact with anything uh, is something you're not supposed to be doing when you're driving a motor vehicle. So, uh, yeah, there could be jeopardy, but failing to stop would be uh, jeopardy as well because I'm assuming the license plate would be recorded and the, 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 the victim in that situation or the person injured or animal injured or the owner of the animal would call police and say, hey, they, they hit us and ran. I ran over somebody's Irish setter right in front of the entire family. 
Oh, no. I was driving uh, the station van. I'll make it even worse. And I'm driving laughing. along, and I look over to the right, and there's a family out in their yard, and there's mom and there's dad, and there's the kids, and the Irish setter is running around in circles. Those things are crazy, those Irish setters. And the thing is running around in circles, and it's a nice little family uh, thing. And wow, isn't that a nice, oh, my God, that dog just turned and ran right in front of me. Uh, thank God the family was watching because the dad came over, and he said, I know there was nothing you could do. And that's the thing, you know, if it was an off-leash situation and it was the, the animal ran into the road, chances are you're not going to be held responsible. Uh, but you do have to put in a report. You need to, you need to get that direction. And, and that's one of those situations where a dash cam, and actually I think dash cam should be mandatory in all vehicles. Uh, I love what we get from Teslas. It's just magical. But having oh. that record can, uh, can exonerate you. Okay, yeah, let's go ahead and make cars even more expensive, Sean. Thanks. <laughs> uh, here is Rob from Oakville. Rob? Hi, Jerry. Thanks. Hi, Sean. Yeah, I just had a question, Sean, about dedicated turn lanes. Um, are you required to use your signal when you're in one? It's funny. So many people ask this question on our live stream. Yes, you still need to signal your intention to change direction uh, or to, to move uh, outside of the norm. So, yeah, despite the fact that the, the lane is marked, uh, you still need to use your indicator. And that's to let anyone on the road, a pedestrian, cyclist, uh, a vehicle driver, uh, know what you're doing. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Rob, for that. So many illegible license plates and illegal tinted windows on the road. And this person wants to know, why is this not a priority? This is another version of something you get all the time, Sean. Why aren't you people doing anything about this? You know what? I wish we could. I wish we had enough staff to to go and, and deal with all of the, the, the stuff that needs to be dealt with, because it is important. You know, tinted windows are a safety measure uh, or a safety risk. Uh, then the, the tinted plate covers allow people to get away with uh, not only uh, not being ticketed, uh, but not being identified when they're involved in crimes. It, it, it really is a problem. And it, we would, I, I want to start up a new unit. It would just be me nitpicking all the stuff unit. And I would do that full time if I could. Uh, anyway, the fact is we have to focus on the big four. We have to focus on the, 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 the absolute items that are known to lead to serious injury and death. So that's speeding, aggressive driving, distracted driving, and impaired driving. Those are the ones we put most of our effort into. And the other stuff we deal with when we, when we have time and see it. All right, so this is interesting. When it comes to whether or not a kid can be in the front seat, does it have to do with age or is it height and weight? So the height and weight uh, and age are, are factors for determining whether or not a child can sit with a seat belt without a child booster or, or child safety restraint. When it comes to the location in the car, there's no legislation that requires a child to be in any position. Uh, you can have a child in a car seat in the front seat. It's just not as safe. Uh, and in fact, we say back seat to 14 years old. That's the suggested one, but it's not enforceable. It's suggested. 14. 14. That's apparently when children's uh, skeletal development is complete. And it's ideal situations. Just like a rear-facing uh, child seat is, is ideally what you'd want your child in up to the age of four. But very rarely do we ever see children that old uh, rear-facing, even though it's what everyone suggests is best. All right. Here is Terry from Mississauga. Go ahead, Terry. Good morning. Love the segment. I have a question. Does the Highway Traffic Act address all the devices and obstructions of line of sight of the windshield. So you, you so I, I don't know which ones you're referring to specifically, but yes, the HTA says that you have to have, uh, a, the driver has to have a clear sight line in terms of you can't obstruct the driver's view. So, you know, whether you're putting fuzzy dice in your mirror or you're putting stickers on your windshield, those, those would obstruct the view and you could be ticketed for that. Marvelous, thank you. All right. Thanks very much for the call. Here is Kevin from Vaughn. Good morning, Kevin. 
Good morning. Just a really quick question. Um, a lot of times I'll see police officers also exceeding the speed limit with lights off. And I'm just curious what the rules are for a police officer on duty versus um, just regular cars. So police officer off duty? Uh, on duty. A marked police car exceeding the speed limit. So police, so uh, oddly enough, everybody's speeding on the roads. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And uh, police are legally permitted to exceed the speed limit, regardless of their lights being on or off, uh, because we need to do that in order to enforce laws, get to places faster. And it's actually safer for us when we activate our lights. People do wildest uh, things. They stop in the middle of the road thinking we're there for them. Uh, so we, we leave our lights on until we're required legally to turn them on, uh, or, or it's going to benefit us because people are in our way. So one of those times where we have to turn them on are signalized intersections when we're approaching a, a solid red uh, where we're supposed to stop. We have to stop, and then we can activate our lights and sirens and proceed through once it's safe to do so. Uh, but otherwise, leaving them off is perfectly legal and uh, the, the different rules for ambulance and fire, but they're also allowed to exceed the speed limit. Thanks, Thank Kevin. Appreciate your call. Um, I'm assuming you're saying because the officer has been called to some kind of situation, they can't just drive around above the speed limit because they feel like it. Well, it's not because we have to go tinkle. It's because we've uh, we've got to do uh, well enforcement activities. If I'm going to uh, pass moving, like everyone's speeding, so we've got to go at the speed that everyone else is doing to check to see if they're on their phones to to deal with them in a speeding capacity, like we're gonna measure their speed, pace them, whatnot. Uh, maybe we're looking to go through traffic to see what the person in front of the next person is doing. So we, we can always exceed the speed limit. Uh, we've got to justify what we're doing and articulate it, but we're there's it doesn't have to be related to a specific call. It could be for enforcement activities. Text question, what are the laws regarding having extensions on mirrors when you're towing a camping trailer? We are allowed to have them. In fact, some motor vehicles, uh, some big trucks, uh, I say big truck, F-150 style, F-250, have uh, uh, mirrors that extend uh, electrically and then retract when you don't need them. Um, so they're, they're, they do serve a purpose. It's so you can see the back of the, the train, essentially, your towed vehicle. All right. Now, uh, here's a person who says, I'm Mark from London and I'm a new driver. I want to know if I can change lanes in the middle of an intersection. It's not advisable, but it's not against the law. So, you know, everyone in an intersection, you picture that as the stage. Everyone's got a role to play, and we expect the people to do what we expect them to do. And when we deviate from that, uh, bad things can happen. So it's a high-risk maneuver um, that could result in a collision, but it's not specifically illegal. However, you might be responsible for what happens next. So the smart thing to do is get through the intersection, then change lands. Exactly. But if there was a reason right. you had to divert, uh, you could do it. Now, this is pretty interesting. Somebody just wrote in from St. Catharines. My son just told me last night he hit another car, but he didn't stay at the scene. So what should he do now? At this point, uh, they're, they're, they failed to remain at a collision, and they're responsible and could be charged for doing that. Uh, the best thing to do, uh, and the advice I'd give you, is contact police and say that you were in a minor collision and you didn't uh, stop, and you, but you want to make sure that uh, you, you do it, the right thing now. And you might find yourself charged, or they might find themselves charged with uh, failing to remain, uh, but it's better that you turn yourself in at that point and, and, and contact police than we find you later. Okay, um, there's, it's, you're probably in less trouble if you call them before they figure out who you Precisely. are. Precisely. Uh, of course, we don't know what the extent of damage here was either. And, and that's the thing. It, it and does that make a difference, or is it just failing to, to remain? Uh, at, at the end of the day, if, if there's major uh, you know, uh, injuries or someone has died as a result of it, obviously that's upping the ante. But it, at the end of the day, it's a fail to remain unless bad things happened. 
All right, Sean Shapiro, I call him the TikTok traffic cop because you're on TikTok on a regular basis. In fact, uh, we're done here for this morning, you and I. However, you're continuing for a while on TikTok this I'm morning? Gonna stay, I'm going to stay live right until noon. If people want to find us, you can get us on all sorts of platforms, not just TikTok, and you can get us by going to trafficcop.ca. Trafficcop.ca. Sean Shapiro, always great. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Take care and see you soon. Yep, coming up, brace yourself for surging heating bills on the iHeartRadio. And that is that was it felt like a speed round uh you know normally we get we get to chill out a little bit but that was uh we were moving and grooving right there if uh if you want to you know replay this event uh we will uh well it's always available you can get us on 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 youtube we we have the archive for years now but as a new kind of thing I take all of these episodes and download them. And I just realized I didn't upload the one yesterday, I don't think. Uh, in any case, uh, we download the episodes and we upload them on, on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast. Well, it's, it's, an, it's a stream. Uh, what, what is it called? Uh, I can't think of what the, what, the, what the type of stream it is. Anyway, all of the platforms pick it up. iHeartRadio, they all have it. So if you want to you know, synchronize every, every episode to your phone and listen to it while you drive, you can. And, of course, that makes us happy uh, because we'd like to make sure that everyone has the ability to get the information that we have. And people say, well, it's a lot of the same information. It is a lot of the same information. In fact, some of the folks that watch and, and interact with us know the answers as well as I do now. They've just heard me talk about it for so long. And uh, that just means that they are professionals. They've become traffic safety professionals themselves. Not saying they're police officers, but they are They are able to, to share that information with others and help educate others it's it's really awesome I, and i and i thank all of you who follow and subscribe and, and uh interact with us i get so, so much positive feedback i really do I, I meet people in person like oh you helped me get my license i uh, you know you uh, uh you you helped uh, what was one of them oh I, yesterday we had a comment somebody made a comment about uh, not getting a ticket for appealing license plate because we talked about it and as a result, they got a change. It was 52 bucks, and uh, they were just very grateful for having had the information. And I, I really love that. I love feedback. Uh, certainly not required feedback, but I like it. Uh, in the uh, <coughs> coughing, 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 uh, coughing. It's been a week I'm coughing. Anyway, uh, my, my wife is helping out. She is the moderator. You may see M. Shap uh, on TikTok and, uh, and Leo Wife on YouTube. And if she's posting things, oh, no, she won't be posting things like that. She's moderator on on. Uh, Restream. So, uh, if that's who's helping in the behind the scenes, it's a family business here. Yeah, this whole police thing. Uh, we have uh, we have the the benefit because JD's on vacation and uh, my wife has offered to help while he's away. Uh, Akela Jaconis has a greetings and salutations message. Awesome, thank you. Uh, Akela is is one of our regular uh, participants. Are you, it's not just a show. You're not just watching. You're participating when you actually ask questions and and engage. So, good morning to you, sir. Also, happy belated birthday. And what do we have here? I'm going to flag a bunch of messages because a whole bunch came in. But I will also take this opportunity to chat about Vision Zero Enforcement Team. They are a group of officers that are dedicated to changing driver behavior one ticket at a time. They do an amazing job at it. And they're focused on what I was telling Jerry Agar about. Speeding, aggressive driving, distracted driving, and impaired driving. Now, that's not to say they won't deal with other types of charges. It merely means that they will focus their efforts there. They're looking for these things. Now, if they uh, if they find other things, I'm sure they're going to talk to you about them too. Uh, tinted windows, absolutely. License plate frames and, and covers, absolutely. Now, it's the 13th of September, and they are spending time in 11 Division and 55 Division. Those are neighborhoods like the Junction, Weston, High Park, Ronson's Vales, the Beaches, Riverdale, Danforth, East York. 
They're neighborhoods where, where real people live, work, and play and deserve to be safe. And if you lived in or do live in one of those places, I'm sure you feel good about the fact that we're out there trying to make your community safer. Now, they go to different places every day. And if you want to know where they are before you leave your home, <laughs> why would you want to know? Uh, well, you can do that by going to our traffic, uh, uh, traffic services, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Those are three places we post the locations of. And for the people who say, well, you're just telling people where to behave and, and not get into trouble. And yes and no. I don't think that people who are trying to break the law or go out with the goal of breaking the law uh, pay attention to our, our, our content. But uh, we're actually communicating so that the people who live there know that we're there for them because it's for them. Apparently, I need more water than I thought. Uh, Stephen Bell was only here for 30 minutes, which means there's 11 minutes left. So, Stephen Bell, good morning to you. Big Jeff Fresh says good morning. Uh, zombie is simply sending emojis this morning. <laughs> uh, my wife says good morning. Uh, moderator message. And Tim Shallow says good morning, Sean. Good morning, Tim. We have uh, a question from TikTok. And that question is, is a high-flow catalytic converter legal in Ontario? And the answer is, it depends if the high-flow catalytic converter of your choosing meets uh, or exceeds the requirements of the province. So I, I couldn't tell you, um, but if you are buying one that is street legal then and, and meets the requirements, then it would be, and if it's not, then it isn't. Uh, generally speaking, a high-flow um, is an option if you want more flow with your cat. I'm not a mechanic. But those who are in the know have, have counseled me and said that they are they are a, a good option. Certainly more uh, or a better option than having no cats, which would be absolutely illegal. Yeah. Do speed cameras, speed cameras give larger tickets if you were pulled over? Sorry, do speed cameras give larger tickets than if you were pulled over? And do cameras give out points? Good questions. Two of them there. Let's deal with that. Um, first of all, there's no demerit points with speed cameras. Now, they are in school zones, which means they're double, uh, double fines. And if we gave you as a police officer a speeding ticket in the same zone, we would issue a ticket with the same fine schedule. So the, the dollar for dollar, same, same amount. Uh, but there's no demerit points with cameras. However, I think demerit points are really cool because it takes people who are getting tickets off the road. Eventually, if you accumulate too many demerit points, you're going to uh, you're going to lose your license. At the very least, you're going to eventually get to a point where you get a letter urging you to do better. Michael would like to uh, join my new nitpick services. That's where I will deal with all minor uh, offenses that that annoy me. Uh, I say that, but the truth is they're all they're all really valid charges. It's just the ones that we haven't got time to to focus our efforts on. Maybe maybe we can give you know parking authority. Uh, parking officers, the authority to give tickets for license plate frames. I think that would be cool. You could share share the uh, share it all, the responsibility because we just need more people. Uh, oh, interesting, interesting suggestion. We should start pulling over dealership employees who have plate covers on them and ticket them. I bet the covers would disappear real quick. You know, I, I get why they do it. They want free advertising. That's why dealerships put license plate frames on your plate. And for anyone watching going, what is he talking about? License plate frames, the ones that say your favorite Ford dealer or whatnot, well, those are not legal. And they're putting things on your car that could wind up getting you a ticket. It's what it is. They should not do that. And you can certainly ask them not to 
uh, put it on your vehicle, and if they if they put it on anyway, then you can refuse delivery of your vehicle until they take it off, or you can bring your own tools and do it yourself. Yeah. I wish I made tea. That's what I that's what I need. All right. Stunt. Okay. Questions here. I'm gonna flag a bunch. I said I was gonna do it earlier and didn't. Can window tint? Oh. Okay. We'll we'll put this one on screen. Uh, while we do it. So can window tint be applied to as a sun visor at the top of front windshield of vehicle? So any new vehicle manufactured 2017 or newer cannot have any tint on the front windshield at all whatsoever. Zero zilch, nada. Um, that rule came in and applied to everything newer, but anything older, 2016 or older, can have a three inch or up to a three inch um, tint strip or sun strip or brow on the windshield. Now, it is limited to three inches or to the PS1 line, whichever comes first, and and that is all. So if you have a new car, you're out of luck. That's a good question. <coughs> Excuse me. Am I allowed an amber light bar? We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, let's see here. We got, uh, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, it, so, uh, <laughs> so Akela's birthday, and he doesn't mind us talking about it. Okay. Uh, are rate what is this? Are racetracks considered parks? We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, okay, can cops get into trouble doing stuff and things? All right. Can you get a ticket for sending a text message at a red light? These are good questions. Scott wants to know about flashing high beams to warn people. I'm just letting you know what I'm reading as I'm reading it so we can go through. Uh, do I need insurance on my parents' car? Ah, could you run a red if an emergency vehicle was behind you? I'm planting the seeds here. All right. Oh, Jeff has questions. We'll talk to, uh, we'll address Jeff's question in a second. Rock and roll. Okay, we're going to go through here. All right, I think we're up to date. So let me switch the page. And let's start with Hockey Dad. Dad. Hockey Dad. Apparently, these are going to go in the order that I flagged them. Uh, have the stunt driving roadside seizure seizure not seizure yeah seizure laws been challenged in court yet guilty until proven innocent? Um, do you mean have they been contested in, in in what form? It's an administrative policy. It's not about being uh, proven in court. The consequences in court are separate. This is uh, I, I, yeah. So you're asking if if it's if it's lawful for police to impound your vehicle and um, suspend your license as an administrative suspension. Uh, I'm not aware of anything uh, to the contrary. I'm not aware of anything changing. Uh, is, I'm not aware of anything before the courts that is challenging it. Um, the biggest problem and the way the, the reason the government brought these administrative suspensions higher uh, recently, two years ago now, September 12, 2021, I think is when they made it a 14-day impound instead of what used to be a seven-day impound. Any case, um, they did that because people were messing around in court. They were they were basically playing games in court and avoiding consequences. So because so many of these trials get you know put off into the future or, or dealt down to lower offenses, they brought in the administrative penalties. So uh, yeah, I wish I had more information for you. I don't. Can a regional police, sorry, can regional police initiate traffic stops on the 401? Yes, we can. We're police officers. We're police officers in the province of Ontario, and we're enforcing Ontario law. Uh, we can stop you. you the, the law says that you have to stop for police. doesn't say police from a particular uh, service in a particular location. If we are 
way outside of our jurisdiction. Uh, we might call a local police service to lay the charges, but we can still stop you. So good question. Why are you guys banning modified cars? We're not. Uh, there's no ban on modified cars. Uh, there are charges to be laid when modified cars are modified illegally. And there's a big difference. So we're not against modified cars. We like cars. We like modified cars. But they have to be done so legally and safely in adherence with the Ontario laws. And if you're doing things that make it unsafe or just non-compliant, well, your vehicle shouldn't be on the road. And you should be checking what you do before you do it so you don't end up in a situation where your vehicle gets you in trouble. It can be expensive. You, make, you spend all this time uh, to modify your vehicle to make it your own. Do the time to research and find out what's legal. And if it's not legal, don't do it. If you want to have a show car, have a show car. And if that show car is not legal for the road, tow it where you want to go. Uh, Ian says, good morning from Montreal. Retire, Leo. Shana tova. Shana tova. I can't even speak Hebrew today. Shana tova to you too. Uh, but uh, Leo, for anyone watching, is law enforcement officer. So Ian, appreciate the message. Uh, we have, am I allowed, what is this? Am I allowed an amber light bar on the roof of my car? And the answer is, there's nothing preventing you from having an amber light car on the roof of your car. I'd question as to why you want it. Um, if you're driving around with it and you're, you're, you're causing an issue blinding people with it, it's potentially a problem. But the, the amber light is not restricted. You can have amber in all directions. Amber and white could get you in trouble. Uh, any other color could get you in trouble. But uh, you should only be using it when you are in a, a situation where you are a hazard. Um, and I can't imagine why you'd need an entire roof light to, to create drag and you know ultimately cost you a few pennies extra in gas. Gas is expensive. Don't don't yeah, don't don't put a light bar. Security vehicles put light light bars on their vehicles, and I'm not sure what benefit they have other than if they're in a parking lot, they want to make themselves visible. Okay, we're doing this right till noon, by the way. Super extra large uh, episode. Normally we do 30 minutes with uh, Jerry. We did a single today, so it's only you know quarter of that. We're half that, half that 15 minutes, quarter of an hour. Uh, so we're going to do an hour and 15 minutes. I get, do we do that all the time? Kind of, sort of. Anyway, uh, my name is Sean Shapiro. I'm a police officer with the Toronto Police Service, and I talk about traffic safety, traffic law, and police stuff all the time. If you've got questions, we generally have answers. I say we because shortly I expect to have that chair beside me occupied by one sergeant, the good sergeant. Well, yeah, he makes, I make fun of him by, by call. Anyway, uh, he, we make fun of each other is what the truth is. Uh, yeah, Sergeant Campbell uh, should be joining us. We were, uh, we were talking about that earlier today, and I expect that to be the case. And I have to unveil something cool, uh, but we'll wait until we're, we're all together for that. All right. Uh, aren't racetracks considered parks in regards to the new change in traffic laws coming? So parks, Okay. I think what you're referencing is an old video that was republished because the laws that came into effect in 2021 are still the laws, and uh, it's good information, so we shared it again. This is specifically dealing with stunt driving. So racetracks are not parks. Racetracks are racetracks, and they're exempt from the stunt driving law. Obviously, you're allowed to go fast and, uh, and, and speed excessively on a racetrack. There are safety guidelines that you have to conform, you know, conform to there, too, because nowhere is, the, uh, is, is just do what you want. Even racetracks have rules. Uh, in terms of events that are permitted, uh, permit it, you get a permit, it's permitted, permitted. <laughs> uh, yeah, not permitted by the landowner. Like it's not my, my mom said I can do donuts in the driveway. That's not a permitted event. Permitted. 
I don't know. Maybe there's a better way of saying that. Uh, at the end of the day, stunt driving is illegal everywhere except where it's specifically allowed according to law. And uh, racetracks are, are a location where it's allowed. They're exempt. Um, anything indie, licensed indie events. Like there's a whole list of exemptions, uh, but your private property isn't one of them. And uh, that, that's ultimately why this all came into play. But we always say, and we, we remind everyone, that if you know somebody that was involved with the TO takeover or takeover kind of events in parking lots and on, on streets, yeah, it's because of them that this law was modified. Uh, so you can thank them. Uh, their stupidity created uh, new law. That's usually how laws work. Like, if, if there's a, a, a rule about anything it's probably because somebody did something dumb. Yeah. Uh, like, there, there probably wasn't a big deal about being five minutes late until somebody was five minutes late repeatedly and every day and took advantage of it. And then your boss said, now, if you're five minutes late, uh, you know, there's consequences. I mean, there should be consequences. Everyone should show up on time. Hey, we're talking about people doing dumb things that create rules and laws. Sergeant Campbell is entering the room. It's a dramatic... Dramatic it's a dramatic pause. To, uh, and, me, uh, give you some audio? I have a feeling every time there's a rule made or a <laughs> law created, it's because somebody somewhere did something wrong. Yes. Yes, whether it be a, a one-off or a consistent uh, bad, poor, un, unwelcome choice. Whatever they do, they did something that, ca that caused a reaction you know, it's like the the butterfly effect. Uh, someone does something, and somewhere else laws are made. Uh, you must be made. talking in relation to stunt driving, oh, yes. private property. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I was shocked when they did that, but there was a need for it, and Truly. I recognized that there was a need for it. So, yeah, everybody else should too. And this is I get to go back and ask a question that was already discussed, but uh, maybe you have some insight. They wanted to know if, or somebody wanted to know if the laws related to stunt driving uh, and the seizures and administrative penalties had ever been challenged in court because you're being held responsible prior to being found guilty in court. Right, but uh, your administrative penalties are not... A consequence of court. A consequence of court. You still have been accused of, of doing something. Administratively, it happens right away. It's the Ministry of Transportation uh, that does it. It affects your driver's license. They are the owners of your driver's license. Uh, they're the keeper of your driver's license. Uh, but your penalty in court is decided by a judge or justice. So it's two different streams, two different authorities. Essentially, if you want to play a game on the road, the the ministry determines how that is to be dealt with. Absolutely. Yeah, it can be viewed as, uh, you know, guilty before proven, but two totally separate ways to, to look at it. Yeah, I was, and I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it being challenged. So it may happen all the time, but just we've never heard about it. And there are there are certain ways to get uh, to get around it: commercial motor vehicles, uh, rental vehicles, things like that. Um, they can apply to maybe get their vehicle back early, mm -hmm. uh, depending on this, uh, the circumstances. Uh, we have lots of circumstances where some a vehicle is stolen, mm -hmm. used in a crime, impounded, um, and then the owner can make application to get. Uh, that back because the person using it didn't have permission to use it and and they would be charged Combining criminally. things. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, just, just you know, uh, for anyone watching, the the consequence for stunt driving isn't just the impound and uh, and thirty day suspension. Upon conviction, you're looking at a two to ten thousand dollar fine. You're looking at a one to three year driving suspension after this is all done. So that's one. And it's on the first conviction. Second conviction, you're looking at three to ten years. Third conviction, indefinite suspension, uh, and up to six months in jail on every conviction. So it, it's a serious offense. Yeah. Uh, administratively, on the opposite side of that, um, your vehicle is impounded for a period of time. You have to pay uh, the uh, the impound company, which is a mm -hmm. private company, uh, to tow and store your vehicle. That could range in, in price. Uh, we do have some new towing legislation that's coming out uh, at the start of this year, so uh, start start of next year, and uh, that'll regulate the prices across the province. Which but, is good. Uh, it, which is good. Which is good. Um, but also, your driver's license, when it is suspended, you have to pay an application fee to get it back again. It's like $250 to get a reinstatement, something in that range. Yeah. it's uh, it's The penalties for doing it are huge. Yes. And oddly enough, there's an easy way to avoid all of that. And it's, simply, that? it's simply not to do it. Don't break the law. <laughs> this is the biggest piece of advice, the easiest way to save money. It'll save you insurance, it'll save you tickets, it'll save you time and heartache, it won't interfere with your employment. If you don't want to deal with the consequences of all the, the court and, and charges of the Highway Traffic Act, don't break the law. It's so simple. And I hate to sound so con condescending when I say it, but it's fun uh, to say, <laughs> you know, it's so easy. I mean, like, if you don't want to get in trouble, don't do the thing that will get you in trouble. And I don't know any other way to say that. You know what, especially sun driving, it's a planned event. It's something you choose to do. It's not something that um, accidental. Uh, my insurance slip expired on September first. I drove around for a whole week for getting to put for getting to put my new one in. I've corrected it now, but mm -hmm. I was that would yeah. Did I deserve a fine if I got caught? Yeah, absolutely, I did. And those are those are at least oopsie doos. Yes, it's different. It's an administrative thing. You forgot to put a piece of paper in. It's different than going out and doing something that could put people's lives at risk. It's it's totally different, in, in my opinion. And if I pulled someone over and they had an issue with an insurance card and I believe that they had insurance, would I give them a warning? I could. I might. Depends on the situation. I'm not giving someone a warning for stunt driving. No, absolutely not. Here's a question that that uh, that that it was interesting. Can a cop get in trouble for lying to you after pulling you over for allegedly speeding? So th this one is a, an interesting question. Lying about what? Like mm. what date? What what is the lie? Like, I need to know more. So, you're saying you weren't speeding, and they have evidence. That is a difference of opinion, not a lie. Well, that can be proven in court. <laughs> yes, that's the trial. So, can can the police officer get in trouble? Well, if, if he, they're making stuff up, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a whole thing about being honest and and you know forthright integrity. Integrity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have core values. In fact. Uh, so yeah, that would not be something we would not. We don't want our officers lying to you. Um, that said, there's an element that allows us to lie. If we're undercover, we're undercover. We're obviously not telling you that we're police officers. So there's an element where certain situations, but not a traffic stop. Actually, you know what? Uh, I think there's case law to say that we can yes. lie, mm -hmm. undercover or not, uh, in the course of an investigation. Yeah, like we, as long as it doesn't subvert justice. Subvert justice. That's a good word. There you go. I like subvert. Uh, can you get a ticket for sending a quick text message at a red light? Yes. yes. Absolutely. That is being... That's a good ticket. <laughs> it is. $615, three to, uh, three to merit points and a three-day suspension on conviction. And that is absolutely illegal.
You are driving a car even at a red light. You're responsible for being aware of what's going on around you, paying attention, you know, when the, when the dump truck's losing control and speeding towards you. I've seen movies, you know, it, it happens, Final Destination kind of stuff. Uh, you need to be paying attention, and uh, you're not if you're texting at a red light. Yep, even though you're stopped, you're not paying attention. You're not looking at your surroundings. You're not looking at what may be approaching. You may not be looking at pedestrians that may be stepping out in front of you. Um, you can park the car. Legally. Legally park the car. Put it in park. Uh, you know, can't just hammer on the brake and text and then take off again. So legally parked, which means a legal parking spot where you could legally leave the car and not get a ticket, makes it a legal spot. Right. It can't be parked in lane one of, you know, Young Street at Shepherd. Right. It's not not the gear selector that makes it a park. Uh, good morning. Is it illegal to flash high beams to warn other drivers of a radar trap? Yes. You're, you're, you're improperly using your headlights. For, first of all, the high beams, yes. And what are you doing it for? To prevent police. I, I, well, so what is it? Are, it we, we're going to fall under. Would you? Would it be an obstruction of justice? No. Obstruct police? No. But... Would it make it more dangerous for you? Well, so the deal is, I, I would probably go by way of the the high beam. Yep, I would uh, too. Because, you know, A, we're trying to catch people from speeding. To protect you. To protect everybody. And what you do when you high beam someone to say, hey, slow down for police, is they go, thank you. They slow down, they pass police, they speed up again. And if they kill someone the next block, in a roundabout way, it was your fault. You could have You could have prevented it because we would have stopped that person, charged them, uh, possibly taking their license. Maybe they were impaired. Like, there's a lot of things that go into speeding. Uh, and not every speeder is impaired. That's not what I'm saying. But it could be more going on. Yep. I've caught a lot of people who forgot to turn their headlights on. It turned out they were drunk. Yep, absolutely. So um, let us do what we need to do to make the roads safe. And if they're speeding, uh, that's on them. They're, 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 they're big uh, people. Uh, they got their license, hopefully. Uh, and, and they're responsible for what they do. And we need to catch them, and we need to take them off the road. Because that's the goal. And if we keep getting away with it, the next person that could be hurt could, could be somebody you care about. Well said. Thank you. I've been working on that one. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, we got, oh, we already covered that one. That's the one we just had. Do I need insurance on my parents' car to drive it sometimes, maybe one to two times a week? So I'm assuming your parents have insurance on their motor vehicle. And if you are a licensed driver, you are licensed to drive any insured vehicle unless there's a condition on the insurance company. Well, actually, legally, you're, you're insured. Oh, that's I, true. I have to say no. Decline. Uh, if that, um, yeah, my, my phone rings on the computer, too. It's really annoying. Uh, so if the, uh, if the insurance company doesn't have an issue with you driving it, meaning that you're not someone that is uh, prohibited by their insurance policy, it doesn't make it illegal, but they wouldn't cover you in the event of a collision. Right. You'd have to be a, uh, named as an occasional driver on the vehicle because you live in the same household. Assuming you live in the same household. Assuming. If you don't live in the same household, uh, you might be actually okay to borrow it now and again. But insurance companies are kind of funny. They want to assess risk based on the way the vehicle is being used on a regular basis. So truly occasional. Uh, what they mean by occasional driver is on a regular reoccurring basis. If, if it's a one-off, you're borrowing somebody's car, you're not an occasional driver. You're borrowing it once. I would uh, I would check with the insurance company. It would be a really bad way to find out that you were not covered. Yes. The day after a collision. But in terms of legal, you are legally permitted if the insurance is on the vehicle and you are a licensed driver. Legally. We as the police pulling you over, you don't get a ticket from us. If you're involved in a collision and it turns out that you're not eligible for coverage, 
Well, the liability side of it will still be covered because it would, but the comprehensive replacing that vehicle, they could deny the claim. That's that's the, is it, so. We want to give you all the information. It's, it's not that you'd you'd be breaking the law. You'd be breaking a contract uh, with the vehicle owner and uh, or the insured party and the insurance company, and that's a third party private situation. I'm hopefully made us so complicated. <laughs> the answer you may not have wanted, but you got. Okay, could you run a red light if there was an emergency vehicle behind you? Hmm. <laughs> That's a tough one. It, it because is. Because you know what you're trying to do, and you're trying to be helpful. Mm-hmm. But you're putting other people at risk. And you're not legally protected. Exactly. If a police officer, the only time you can go through a red signal is if a police officer is in the intersection directing you. That's it. Or or making a right on the red. Yes, after stopping and ensuring it's safe to do so. Right. Or making a left on a red. At an intersection that is one way to one way. Yes. And there's no sign prohibiting it. There's so many. This What I love about traffic law is that there's so many of them. <laughs> it just keeps me busy. Um, there, there's a lot of ifs and maybes. But generally speaking, we should not be putting you in that position. We should not be behind you with our lights and sirens on because it begs you to do things you shouldn't do. Right. We, uh, we do this a lot. We practice this a lot. We drive an awful lot. We will try and pick the lane of least resistance and go into the oncoming lanes if we have the option to do that, uh, if it's not a divided highway. So there's a lot of times I've been licensed sirens and I've just come to a stop and turned off the siren, turned off the lights, waited until there was the light went green and then took off again and, and kept going safest that way. It, it's seconds. Sometimes seconds count. Sometimes they really do. It all depends on the type of call we're going to. Um, and, it, and it, yeah. One thing you can do is you could uh, you could make a, a legal right turn if it was an option, if it was safe, so, you know, if you wanted to get out of the way, not yep. not actually running. Uh, let's see here, logbook rules. I'm just flagging a couple other things. This might mess it up if it's going in order of operation, but okay. Flagging, flagging, flagging. Okay, wait, where are we? Scroll back all the way. Holy smokes, a whole bunch of stuff come in. Scrolling, scrolling. What am I doing? I'm scrolling. Hey, if you're watching and you don't know who we are, my name is Sean Shapiro. I'm a police officer with the Toronto Police Service. And sitting next to me, Sergeant Murray Campbell, who is also a police officer. Is it now police sergeant? We can't call you officer? Is that how it works? Well, uh, no, I'm still a police officer. I just have different jobs, roles, responsibilities. And with that comes the stripes and rank. Yes. But it, confu- it may confuse people. Uh, here's a question from Jeff. Uh, stop signs. It's a basic concept. People just don't understand right of way. Seems to be getting worse in the city. Can you please review right of way rules when approaching stop signs? Well, we can do that. Uh, essentially, first to arrive is first to drive. That is the simplest of, of ways to approach a stop sign. That's, is that written down in the Highway Traffic Act? It's not the wording they use. No, it isn't. But it is the wording that that, that uh, instructors use, like Scott Marshall. Uh, and that's how they teach it. And it's a good way to remember it because it kind of flows. So you want to cover the, the actual? I uh, Well, no. I I was going to keep going with what you're, the, the uh, laid-back version of it. I like the laid-back version. It's, person it, it should person be on the right? Well, the person on the right, so if, if two people approach at the same time, uh, that and, and if all cars, that, so the complication where it really gets muddy 
is when everybody start, gets there at the same time. And then people come up with these what-if scenarios. Well, what if there was a mail truck and a fire truck and an ambulance and a police car and they all arrived at the same time? Who goes first? Somebody's got to make a decision because right. we're Canadian. We just go, you go, you go, you. Everyone just waves and it's a wave fest and it's really annoying. <laughs> so a good rule of thumb is person on right. Mm-hmm. If you both arrive at the same time, goes. If there's nobody on the right, then you wait. And if nobody goes? If nobody goes? Go, somebody's got to go. It's a Canadian standoff. It's a, Yeah, that's, I like that. At the end of the day, um, you know, I've done this where we wait, and we've gone through the long stairs into one another's eyes, and then we decide the other person's going to go, and then we both move up an inch, and then yeah. we both stop. And it's, it's, it, someone's got to go. Otherwise, it, 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 it could last forever. Could you imagine three weeks later, we're still sitting here, you go, you go. Um, Rock was this rock and roll moves around the seat, looks around, cool things like that. Oh, okay, we're talking about the. the I, I want to develop a new special squad that just goes and gives people tickets for license plates, tinted windows, uh, loud music, all the stuff that that the the you know bees that can't spend their time focusing on. I want to create a new group that just goes out and gets all the stuff that that needs to be dealt with that we haven't been dealing with. The stuff that annoys me. Uh, Hockey dad. Business. I'm interested to know if you've watched these two videos and what your thoughts are. So I don't know which two videos you're referring to. Um, that might be later on down. I'll have a look. Uh, how can you become a police officer in Ontario? Can, can you share the links to those? Uh... He can. Um, and I, he may have, in fact. Do we have another platform that he can actually show the video? Um, we, we once upon a time had a great way of sharing that. but We don't have that We anymore? don't have that anymore. The, 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 the app is gone. Oh. Uh, we do have a Telegram group, um, but I haven't got that going on here yet. And we're trying to figure out what the best way is. We did a Discord server. Uh, we did a Telegram group. Um, yeah, if you want to join our Telegram group, we have five people in it. Uh, it's telegram.trafficop.ca. It'll give you a, a, a route to join us. Five. Yes. Ooh. Well, and the, but we're the best five. Okay. Um, what is this? I'm looking for, oh wait, I'm scrolling back. Okay. Hockey Dad disagrees on stunt driving. With all the speed limit reductions, it's very easy to drive 40 over the speed limit when coming out of a higher speed zone, like exiting a highway. It, it shouldn't be. No. 40, 40 over is ridiculous to, to do. So uh, you just said when coming out of a higher speed zone, like exiting a highway, if you exit the highway, you're no longer on you the highway. You know that the speed limit is going down. I don't, uh, I don't see a problem with that. And uh, there's a, the north end of Highway 115 in Ontario, Peterborough, uh, goes on to Highway 7. There's a stop sign, there's a merge lane, there's um, uh, traffic lights. Everybody, I, I've talked to multiple people who've gotten tickets there for traveling well, well, well over the posted 80 zone. And they said, well, we just came off the 115 and, and yeah, the highway looked the same. It's still four lanes, um, but no. There's a difference. You actually had to come to a stop. You knew you were exiting the highway. <coughs> you knew it was no longer a controlled access highway because there's intersecting roads, there's, you know, businesses, stuff going on, and lots of cars. So There should be no shock. I don't, that, I don't that, see the, that, the connection. No. Uh, but I, I, I get it. Because if you look at it, it so Hockey Dad says, uh, why does Ontario have some of the lowest speed limits in North America? They used to be higher in the 70s before the oil crisis. And they're now lowering them again in many places because we have determined that going slower is safer. And that's not something that's that new. Vision Zero, of which we subscribe to as a concept, suggests that slower 
gives you more action uh, reaction time. It's like buying time because when you go faster, you have less reaction time, which means you are contributing not only to higher chances of collision, um, but other bad stuff like more serious collision injuries and damage when collisions occur. There's, there's a ton of research that shows that faster is not better. Um, and people always go and say, well, what about the Autobahn? Uh, and they, apparently they have lower collision and, and injury rates, except for when they actually have, like their collisions are so monumental uh, when they occur. And it's important to note that the Autobahn is largely very heavily enforced. Like 80 to 130 kilometers an hour is the range for most populated areas. And they use photo radar and an extreme uh, uh, ticketing from, uh, from police officers on motorcycle and car. And they do that because not only rules about speed, they have rules about like moving over after you're not actively passing. They have rules about everything and they enforce them. So people don't usually do the wrong thing. In Germany, however, they have a stretch which is truly unlimited speed. I watched a video a couple days ago of a Tesla, a, a plaid Tesla doing like 320 kilometers an hour. And the guy was just, he, he was, I think he was giggling. He was so impressed with the, with the takeoff. And, I, and listen, I'm not saying going fast is wrong where it's legal. But that's an unpopular area of the of the of the anyway. There's there's a lot that goes into it. Additionally to that, if we circle right back to what the question was, they have actually raised the speed limits in certain areas. on certain areas, and those areas are done after um, you know numerous studies are done to see the risk involved and the past history of collisions in that area. So if it's safe to do so, the Ontario government is actually speeding it up. One ten, woohoo! But the problem is, the way I see it, uh, is that when you uh, increase the speed limit, you just increase the speed that people will exceed the speed limit. So 20 kilometers over when it was 100 kilometers an hour, they do 130 when it's 110. And oddly enough, people don't realize, or many people don't realize, that if you do one f uh, 150, no, if you do, yeah, 150 in a 110 zone, yeah, you're not doing 50 over, but 150 anywhere, regardless of the speed limit, is stunt driving. Absolutely. It is bad. And to continue with Dr. Nick, on the, and, and this will annoy Dr. Nick because it's out of sequence, but his comment makes, makes sense to go in right now. Speeding in the city is ridiculous, and I never do, but I mean 20 over on country roads with no one around seems better and not unsafe. But not speed, unsafe. Yeah, but I, and I imagine what you're saying is that speeding in the city is, you know, wow, it's dangerous. Uh, you know, I have no problem, and I've really conditioned myself not to speed. Um, I, I don't exceed the speed limit. And uh, I, I find that it's not uncomfortable to do 30. It's not, but I can tell you that I can see everything around me. I'm like, I'm noticing stores. Wow, I pay attention to things. You see more when you're going slower. 20 over on a country road because it's not unsafe because there's no risk there? Well, you have, it's a very different environment. The tree could just sneak up on you. But the, the deal is that- you know, tractors. Tractors, animals, uh, ditches, uh, uneven, unpaved. Like, there's so many other things. Gravel. Faster is not better. Uh, according to the Traffic Injury Research Foundation, I believe they said you quadruple your uh, your chances of collision for every five kilometers over. Maybe it's not Turf who said that. Somebody said that. Uh, but there is a factor when you go over. And I know it's, an, it, it's considered in, you know, just a number thrown out into the air. It's just a made-up number. So why are you increasing? Why, why does it increase your odds if it's, faster than the number on a piece of paper. We can get into these conversations and we'll, I can't, and, I can't. And please don't get us wrong. Both of us like to drive fast. Yes. I have lots of toys and I drive very fast when it's legal to do so. <laughs> That's the big thing. Uh, but when it's legal to do so. 
I know the risk, and I shouldn't do it, but I enjoy it. I love going on the track. I love racing. I love doing mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff like that, but I do it when it's legal. Dr. Nick disagrees with the statement I made saying that people will speed at the same level over the posted speed limit because CBC said the average speed on the 401 is 127. Uh, so, yeah, I don't believe them because I'm a cop. <laughs> I don't. And <laughs> I I've see things. It. I've seen things. And uh, we get people doing over 200 kilometers an hour on any highway, right? Like we, we see people break the law in all sorts of ways. But on a 90 zone, I'm, I'm seeing people do 130. So... I, uh, 120 limit in BC had the same average speed. That's interesting. Did that take into in consideration the roadway? How many cars did they measure? Yeah, I. I don't buy. I don't it. know. Different parts of the country maybe have uh, different drivers. It, it could be. We we have we have been told by many people uh, who on social media. I say told. They didn't tell me. They posted videos. They post comments. They. It's interesting to see. But apparently, we have the worst drivers in Canada. That's what they say. I, unfortunately, would agree. We, it, it, is, it is bad. People from other provinces come here and complain. Like, in comments in the videos that we post, more often than not, are, what's wrong with Toronto? Why is it like this? And I couldn't tell you. Uh, oh, and Dr. Nick, uh, or sorry, Akela Draconis uh, was talking about uh, hitting a moose or a deer. Yeah. Uh, what do we have here? Okay, I, I, we've gone way, it got really busy and then things got out of out of control. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, we talked- Bring it back in again, Chuck. Yeah, the question was, how do you become a police officer in Ontario? Uh, it's a great segue into discussing how to become a police officer right here in Toronto, which uh, the basic concepts are the same. So here's the deal. Uh, I gotta press this button now. So it used to be automatical, now it's not. Uh, if you go to traffic, if you go to, Trafficop.ca, you can get a listing of all sorts of useful links, including our recruiting link, which will take you to tps.ca forward slash careers, where you see all these smiling, they not look happy, they look happy because they're members of the Toronto Police Service. Uh, here you can get information about becoming a member of the Toronto Police Service as a police constable, special constable, parking enforcement officer, communications operator, or my favorite button here, civil civilian roles. I started, we both started as court officers. Well, actually I started as an auxiliary officer and then court officer in the same year. Uh, but we were both special constables. Back then it was called court officer. Now there's different roles that a special constable can do. We focused on court security and uh, um, the... Uh, prisoner transportation. Prisoner transportation. Sorry, I saw a message come in. Um, I think that the answer to that is 16, and I'm not sure. It's a separate a side, the side question here. Oh. Uh, okay, but what I want to do is say that there's lots of other jobs outside of... Um, being a police officer or a uniform member of the service, there's all sorts of jobs that don't require a uniform to be worn. Uh, admin assistant, uh, there's a Yippie program, which is awesome, and you, I think you get a, you get a couple of golf shirts. Uh, criminal okay. intelligence analyst, job evaluation consultant, intermediate technical analyst. Uh, this is a great way to contribute to your community while getting paid and working for an amazing organization. You know, uh, if you want more information on that, contact a recruiter. But in, you know, in terms of specifically being a police officer, because that's actually what you asked, you must 
be it a Canadian citizen or permanent resident of Canada, be at least 18 years of age, you have to be physically and mentally able to perform the duties of the position having regards to your own safety and the safety of members of the public. You have to have at least four years of secondary school or its equivalent, uh, be of good moral character and habits, meaning that you are an individual that people view as being trustworthy and having integrity. That's a big um, one. That, that is a big one. And, and there's background checks and psychological evaluations and fitness tests and academic testing. And it's, it, it is a difficult career path in that you have to get in. Once you get in, we teach you all sorts of wonderful stuff and it's a great, it's a great go, but you have to get in first. So training and preparing yourself um, by learning stuff and things and, and, and doing well in school and there's, there's all sorts of elements to it. Volunteering and being a, you know, an active member of your community, all those things make a difference. Okay, what do you do with commercial motor vehicles that fail roadside inspection? We take them out of service. And very often that means that they have to transport the contents or, or offload the contents to another vehicle that does pass certification uh, uh, inspection. Uh, sometimes it means towing that vehicle in its current state. Uh, it, it's taken out of service and they, there are roadside mechanics for these big trucks because it's not easy to move them around. Yep. We gain an extra set of license plates so we get to return to the Ministry of Transport mm -hmm. and then they have to go through a process to get them certified again. Yes. Is it permissible to show the customer's pink slip when driving their car on a service plate, or do I actually have to pull up a garage policy? So, um, there's, there's, as the driver of a vehicle, you need to show proof of insurance. Uh, one thing I got in the college so, may be different than what we're going to talk about. Bef before we go on here, you're talking about a service plate. So you're talking a yellow background with uh, black lettering. Which is a repair service plate, or are you talking a dealer plate? Which is They're different. Which is a white background, red letter. So they are different in what it covers. Uh, you have to show the garage policy if it is not actually insured and uh, lawful to be on the road. Your insurance policy, a private insurance policy, will not cover anything other than fire and theft unless it is properly licensed on the road. I like that. So there you go. That's very good. It's a good question and a good answer. So, uh, when someone avoids Vision Zero enforcement team areas and gets killed, do uh, you mean that they? Oh, so this is because we announce where they are and they avoid those areas and get killed. Yeah, I'm not following your. your so someone chooses to engage in dangerous behavior, but because we told people where we're doing enforcement, we're still doing enforcement all over the city. We're just doing more enforcement in in those areas where they're where, where they're focusing. Uh, oh, and it's a response to saying that that if you high beam, because he, okay, uh, so this is comparing me saying that if you high beam someone and they continue to the next area and kill someone, uh, then it's your fault, you've contributed to that. And he's saying, well, if we tell people where Vision Zero is and they go to a different area, then it's our fault if they kill someone. Yeah, but we're doing it I see the connection. I do see the connection. I see what you're saying. At the end of the day, it's still the fault of the idiot driver who's choosing to break the law. Uh, explain logbook rules. I don't have, I don't know logbook rules enough to be able to explain it, other than circle check and 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 uh, you know can, you have to do a, a pre-trip inspection. That's part of your logbook. Yep, but your logbook also is your hours of service and things like that. I don't know enough about it. I've never been a commercial motor vehicle Nor uh, type officer, but we have them working here. Uh, all the time, we, and we have the Ministry of Transportation as a resource <coughs> that we use roadside should we need it. We 
We have specialists. And, and I have I have used the telephone to call and ask questions many a time. Phone a friend is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. What do we got here? Sarge, good thing you weren't in Philly. You'd, you'd be live stopped and have your vehicle impounded. I don't know what uh, what Ian was talking about. Ian is a, uh, uh, a retired LEO. Leo. You'd be stopped and have your vehicle impounded. I'm not sure what we're talking about. Because you like to go fast. But he does it where it's legal. Yeah. I, uh... Yeah, I, I know the rules. <laughs> yes, and you live within them. Uh, done, does stunt driving law include off-road only vehicles? I imagine it would. They're vehicles. They're motor vehicles. They are motor vehicles. So uh, you know, if you're if you're doing stuff that is, so I guess this is where you're doing wheelies on your on your land. Is it is that stunt driving a motor vehicle? Uh, and I would say yes, it is. Um, I'm not. Here's one big thing: because the laws say we can do it, does not mean we are camping out in your lawn. Uh, behind the bushes waiting for you to do something. You know, you have to understand or, or put it into perspective. Let's say you're not going to do, uh, you know, street takeovers anymore because you've decided the risk is too high. So you find a farmer's field and you get permission and you hold an unsanctioned event where people go and engage in dangerous activity off-road. I know this is, you're asking about off-road only vehicles. I know I'm changing channels on you. But the goal is to be able to have the authority to stop those events which are dangerous. Now we could always deal with dangerous driving, that's criminal. This allows us to deal with dangerous events in a non-criminal way based on that behavior. Yep, absolutely. But we're not- It's, a, it, it's the, there's the letter of the law and yes. then there's the spirit of the law. Why was it created? Why was it put there? And there was a reason that they opened it up to private property as well. But we're not going on private property looking for you doing, you know, something on your dirt bike. Yeah. Um, but unless we are. Unless we are. And that, that does happen. There are projects that take place, and, and the OPP might be involved with things in uh, you know, rural communities or in farm areas. And, and if you if you get your neighbors calling in because you're ca causing a ruckus, then there's obviously a reason to investigate, and then we find you doing stuff that's different. So it all depends. We haven't said depends in a while. No, that's right. But I did like the ruckus part. Yeah, I haven't used that word in a, in a, in a dog's age. Uh, anonymous Anonymous says, I don't think courts take stunt, uh, stunt driving seriously. All of my friends got stunt charges. Uh, sorry, all of my friends got stunt charges who have previous speeding convictions and still got it lowered while on the phone with prosecutor to something less. Yes and no. Uh, I agree with you. And I think right now it's a strange situation where there's so much backlog as a result of COVID uh, that there was incentive for them to deal with things in the most expeditious way. I don't think that's going to be the case going forward. I think that that will have run its course. And if your friends got uh, you know great deals, good for them. They should really learn to drive and do it legally and safely. And if they want to race, they should go to racetracks and become a racer. Um, they got lucky. I don't think that's going to continue. And we have no control over what the court does. This is true. Um, the court is there as an independent part to adjudicate on what we put in front of them. Where we have evidence that something has happened, we put that in front of them and they make their decision. We can't, we can't get upset when the court does something we don't like because that's why we have a court and that's why we're in a, a free society with a judicial process. It is their problem at that point. I, we are simply uh, the bringers of information. I, I work with somebody, uh, a coworker of mine, he will never stick around to hear the judgment on any of his cases. Interesting, to avoid frustration, I imagine. Yep, he says, when I'm done, I've given you all my evidence, 
I'm, my my portion is done. Why is it, why is it a personal, you know, why why make it personal when I can just walk away and move yeah. on to the next case? I'm always curious. I I, I and I also like to stick around and uh, find out if something was wrong, if it could have been done differently, if it could have been done better. I'm really into that. So I've I've had lots of conversations with justices afterwards to say, or or even the prosecutors, is there something I could have done better? Because I want to learn and, and, and sharpen my pencil. So I, I've always waited uh, for the, to find out. i got to tell you, starting as a court officer, uh, I've listened to thousands and thousands of hours uh, of testimony being given, both in criminal, high court, um, provincial court, bylaw court. Mm-hmm. And you, you get to know who is good at articulating what they saw or what evidence they have and who is not so good. Sometimes it's just in the, in the way you explain it. Um, that it isn't, you're not passing that information along well enough to uh, to get a conviction. So, if you stick around and you watch some of these cases, even if it isn't yours, yeah, it'll make you better and better at speaking and better. <coughs> I hate this cough. Um, I I'm I'm really big into that learning, and that's why I love traffic so much, and why I've had so much experience on the the stand, uh, and and learned to articulate. And not this, you, you always learn. But I, I tell coppers, new coppers, and I was having this conversation yesterday with uh, a young man who just turned 28, three months on the job, and I said, write tickets. You'll learn how to testify. You'll learn how to give evidence in an effective way, and you're not waiting till your first criminal case to experiment. Anyway, is a, is a radar detector legal? No. <laughs> that would be a hard no. A hard no. no. It is, uh, it is, this is, we should do a segment called a uh, hard, no. Uh, the deal is that it's not legal to purchase, to sell, to transport, to use. Uh, there is nothing legal about them. In fact, we have a manufacturing facility, I think Bell manufactures them in Ontario, and they have a special, special exemption. They can only transport them when they're brand new in um, manufacturer packaging in a uh, vehicle where they can sign it on way to the consignee. So shipping, they can be shipped Outside of the province, that's it. So, and there's there's quite a lot of powers that we have with regards to radar detectors. If we suspect that there's a radar detector in your car, either permanently mounted or a portable one, we can search your car, and everybody in your car, and we can take apart your car. And no, we don't have to put it back together either. Yeah. So, just think about that. If you got a nice car and you don't want some cop. Turn it apart. I, don't know, I think my the, the, the tool I would use would be a, a rusty screwdriver from my toolkit. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Uh, and, and finally, when you bring the rusty screwdriver out and say, I'm going to go find it, they say, here you go, officer, because they don't want you to touch their car. Yeah. Uh, laser jammers, laser or radar detectors, doesn't matter. Anything that interferes with the police's ability to measure in, uh, speed and enforce speed-related laws, all of them uh, count as illegal. $170, $180? It's one of the two, 170 or 180, and three demerit points. I think it's 170 and three. Kind of acts the same way as somebody flashing the high beams. Slows people down for a limited period of time. I don't know why they're legal anywhere. And provinces like Alberta, uh, or yeah, Alberta allows them, and I think it's asinine. I said that. I I doubled down on that. I think it's wrong. They shouldn't be there because somebody somewhere is getting away with creating bad habits, driving fast, and they're going to hurt somebody. Okay. Uh, here's a question that I, I I don't have a good answer for, and it's based on interpretation of the law. Can you pull a bike trailer with a kid in it on an electric bike? 
Now, the rules on e-bikes say that you cannot ride on one if you're not 16, so minimum age. If you're being trailered by one, are you riding on it? Are you, if you're the passenger, two up on it? Could you put a kid carrier on it? I would argue it doesn't have to be the person operating it. It could be a passenger that has to be 16 too. I'm unclear. I have not had a an absolute, uh, I haven't had a discussion with the prosecutors on it. Is there not a rule too that they can only be the operator only on an e-bike? As long as it was designed for more than one person. You're allowed to have more if, than one person? That's my understanding. Is that is it, It's only illegal if you have two people on one design for a one person. Ah, that, that's okay. my understanding. And I could be, I stand to be corrected. Uh, if, if, but it's, it's, there's so, like, I, I don't even see people wearing helmets and it's a, it's a, it's an offense not to wear a helmet on a, on a e-bike, regardless of your age. Uh, there's so many rules that are being, uh, you know, broken on those particular vehicles, uh, that it's, it's hard to keep up because there are people modifying them, turning them, uh, you know, basically obliterating the e-bike legislation that gives them the benefit of being unlicensed and uninsured, can reverting them back to their original state of being a motorcycle. And, and people do it anyway. So uh, I, that's one of my uh, specialty, that when I create the special unit where it's just me enforcing all of the laws that everybody else doesn't have time to, I'm going to spend 90% of my time on, uh, on violating e-bikes and, and one wheels and balance bikes and, and unicycles and all that stuff. Just saying. I know it's all fantasy because I'm not actually creating a unit, but if I can, it'll be like the A-team. <laughs> I'll get a theme song, it'll be awesome. Uh, <laughs> Can you get charged for leaving your car on if you run into a store quickly? Interesting question. Uh, if your vehicle is unlocked and access to your vehicle, uh, of running vehicle, um, I believe there's a charge. So there's a charge under the Highway Traffic Act for failing to ensure your vehicle will not be set in motion? Because it could be set in motion by anybody who reaches in. And you're responsible for that. And you're responsible for that. Plus, um, if your car gets stolen, it's not covered by your insurance because you left it going. Yes. They're not going to pay out for you because of your silliness. Um, and I believe there's a bylaw in the city of Toronto as well. Well, there's an idling bylaw. There's a three-minute idling bylaw. <coughs> that one as well. Yes. There you go. So there you go. So don't do it. That's a bad idea. <clears throat> yes. I, uh, I have done. I've done that in my vehicle. Turned it off. Locked the doors remotely started it to keep it warming up or cooling down, whatever the case may be. It, it's not able to be set in motion, um, and it doesn't idle for more than three minutes. So. Te technically, starting the engine uses an exorbitant amount of gas, from what I understand. Um, so you're wasting gas like that, but it does make it warmer. Just saying. Uh, can not, I? Not. No? No. Not enough? You know Wear what? and tear? You know what? In the olden days, carbureted vehicles, yes. Okay. We use an awful lot more gas. So. You're more mechanically... Inclined. That was back in the olden days. I, I, I'm old. <laughs> uh, can I get a ticket when crossed white line on yellow but stopped for red light? What? I crossed white line on yellow. Oh. Yes. So. Yes. So, yes. If you cross the white line on yellow, you can get a ticket. So you can get a and ticket. If you stop for... in the middle of the intersection, you can get a ticket. A second ticket. Yeah. So there's, so yeah, a, a yellow light means stop. stop. Unless it's unsafe to do so, if it's just at the end and it turned red, means it was a stale yellow. You you really weren't paying attention, so you were totally uh, in a situation where you were eligible for that ticket. Uh, not only that, when you stop in the wrong place, there is a ticket as well. There's a there's a minimum amount of time that an amber light can 
can stay lit for. And then in Ontario, we actually have a period of time where there's a four-way all-around red to stop collisions from occurring, people jumping the green light, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So absolutely yellow is a stop. If you're in there in the, with the red, then you you run the risk of, of a collision. Yeah, you, you've really mm -hmm. pushed it to the limits. Yeah. Yellow. So many people think that yellow means go faster. Yeah. Uh, it is not the case. Is it lawful for speed traps going down a hill? Um, lawful? Yes, you're responsible for your speed, regardless if it's uphill, downhill, uh, rolling sideways. And you're responsible for the speed, speed in speed. which you are traveling at speed. Doesn't matter where it is. Exactly. Uh, why is lane filtering illegal uh, on a motorcycle at a red light to a safe position? Yes, that's what they want to know. Why is lane filtering on a motorcycle at a red light to a safe position illegal? Um, lane filtering doesn't actually qualify as a thing. It's not a thing. It's driving. Um, it's, there's no law specifically against it, but it is something that's considered careless or dangerous or stunt. Now, mostly, mostly that we're referring to uh, uh, lane splitting. If you were to push between two cars and just move up, so that you're not the you're, you're not the last vehicle in line, I personally have no issue with that. Personally, um, is it lawful? Depends. I think that the average person, now if you're doing it to cross past all stop vehicles that are a hundred cars, uh, you know, stopped for a red light. I'm exaggerating to get to the front, and then you take off and you do the same thing. Um, are, are you doing something that is uh, that is safe, legal, and, and, and nice to your neighbor? Uh, I don't think that's safe and legal. If you're just trying to get ahead of the car so you're not the end, so if someone loses control, for is too busy on their phone texting when they're not supposed to and you don't want to be the motorcycle that meets their bumper, I get that. And that's reasonable, and I think you can articulate that to an officer. So there's no law in Ontario specifically that stops it. There's also no law that allows it either. Yes. Um, but it does fit into a whole bunch of other laws that you could be charged for for doing it. Precisely, yes. And uh, I was disappointed uh, that there, that that it didn't apply to some other vehicles on the road. But anyway, motor, it's, it's they, like passing on the right. A lot of people that that is absolutely illegal. Like people like who ride down the shoulder. Not always. There's an exemption for passing on the right. But not when you're on the DDP and you're driving for three kilometers on the right on the uh, shoulder. No, driving right. off roadway. Right. So so those are those. You know are what the exemption is. When we're talking about for a vehicle that's waiting to turn left at an intersection, yes. Come to a complete stop, signal its intention to make a left turn, and you have to travel, you pass it on the right-hand side. On a paved. On a paved portion of the roadway. It cannot be a gravel shoulder. Yes. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I, uh, I knew that. I met an OPP officer many, 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 many years ago. Who did ago. not know that? Who did not know that. Oh, and we had a conversation, then we looked up in the Highway Traffic Act, and then he smiled at me and waved and said, have a good day. <laughs> I love those interactions. Uh, I stop at an accident scene, first one, can I just do whatever I can and leave the scene for my work? If, if you have stopped at a collision scene and there's injuries and first aid that's going on and you just leave at that point, um, that, that, that is no good. Uh, if, if you... but. It depends on once you buy, once you get involved. I, th I think there's not whether it's legal or not. I believe there's an obligation to stay there, and and be involved. Um, you're not a witness to the collision, so you're not obligated to leave your name to the police officer. Are you obligated to render assistance? The other driver involved in the collisions or anybody else indirectly involved uh, mm -hmm. is is legally obligated to render assistance as a. If you just come across a collision, I think as a good person, 
You should. Moral. Morally, you should. <coughs> and you know what? Stuff happens. And you got to get to work. You've got to get to work. So do what you can with what you got. And then get to work. So I can't like, imagine work would have a problem if you were legitimately stopped and providing life-saving uh, first aid uh, and, and involved with police and that you've become involved in something. Um, I think those are kind of those situations where they'll say, oh, you know, I get why you were 10, 15 minutes late. Call them. But I would, I personally wouldn't leave, regardless of, of uh, whether you're obligated to. Mount. Have you ever I, seen horrible bosses? I think I have. I think. I think there are horrible bosses out there. That I imagine there could be, but then I wouldn't work there. That's that's that. Yeah, you should come work for the Toronto Police. We're much better. Yeah, there you go. Okay, um, we are rapidly approaching the end of the show. We got a couple minutes left, and then I've got to meet with my friends at Turf because we're doing another episode of Turf Tips, and uh, that is something that I don't know if we're going live for, but we'll be publishing it shortly thereafter. Uh, can a dirt bike be road legal? Not if it's a dirt dirt bike that is not being converted and and it, it legalized. It can be converted. Well, that's the thing, but it's it, you can't just like, you can have dual sport and you could convert a, I suppose, a dirt bike to become dual sport. Yep, absolutely. You can a dirt bike as as they're made, manufactured. If it's a true dirt bike, absolutely not. Not allowed to travel anywhere on the roads in Ontario, where an ATV has certain conditions and it sometimes can be can travel on the road. A dirt bike, not so much. Uh, has to have lighting, has to have a horn, has to, doesn't need turn signals, but it has to have a, a road um, compliant tires. Uh, there's a bunch of things that it has to satisfy. Um, it can be done though. So it just depends on money. And you know what? It's almost cheaper just to buy one that is already road legal. <coughs> they're, they're, the true dirt bikes are designed to do things that endure, that the dual sport really aren't. Like if you look at the dual sport, they don't have the same travel for their suspension. I think they're a lot more reserved. They also come with speedometer, light uh, signals, horn, things that wouldn't be on a true dirt bike. Um, so it's nothing that you would, you wouldn't get a competition dirt bike and strap crap onto it to put on, on the road. Well, you could. Could. And you just apply and get and it get approved. It, get it approved, yep, absolutely. All right, we you have. You can build your own trailer and have it licensed. You can build your own car and have a license. Build your own motorcycle and have a license. You have to meet the criteria, though. Yes. <coughs> this cough is bothering me. Uh, what is this? How many? How long speeding ticket uh, for 15 over stays on an Ontario abstract? Well. Depends who's looking. This is very true because if we're looking, we see everything that's ever happened to you since the day or before you were even licensed. If you had, uh, if you had any any tickets, um, yeah, we'll see the entire driving history. What your insurance company can use, I believe, is three years. Yes, the convictions fall out of uh, active reporting in three years of the date of conviction. Can, but points come off of your uh, your history two years after the date of the offense. So it's a different time. Yep, points and convictions are two totally separate things. Yes. Uh, we have a question of what is a ticket for a blacked-out rear plate? Because we know it's illegal. Mm-hmm. If you have anything obstructing, obscuring, interfering with the legibility of a license plate, um, and blacked out being the most extreme, well, it's $110. And oddly enough, people think that's where it ends. If I see that this is something that you've been ticketed for previously, I may up the ante. I may summons you to court to explain it because you're not getting the message with the tickets. And are using a blacked out one for what purpose? 
Are you confusing the identity of your oh, that's that, another charge? That becomes arrestable. Are you uh, doing it so that you can run through red lights or go on a toll highway? Additional charges. There's additional charges on that. So it all depends. It depends is, is really an appropriate answer there. Yep. From where can we do a, a from from where can we make U turn? Uh, the the <laughs> do we have a sign? No U turn. I'm, I'm, where can we make U turn? Yeah, got it. I, okay, I can make U turn. But I'm bum. <laughs> so uh, the the answer is where it is safe to do so, and not in a prohibited location where it's prohibited by sign, um, where it's you know in front of a bridge viaduct. Uh, crest of grade where there's no visibility, curve in the road where there's no visibility, uh, railway crossing. I think there's another one. Bridge viaduct? I, th- I thought I said those. Okay. Bridge viaduct. I wasn't paying attention. Tunnel. Tunnel is the other word. Um, those are the places that are absolutely prohibited all the time. Um, and and then it's just signage. You know, So if there's a sign that says no U-turn, that's for 150 meters, there's no U-turn. And then the rest is common sense, you'd think. What is safe? Well, if you get into a collision, because of the U-turn, it wasn't safe. You're responsible for everything that happens when you're turning. Like the, the cars, the vehicles that are moving straight don't have to yield to you. I mean, they obviously have to try and avoid collision, but you are creating a dangerous situation when you're doing it. And I've had driving instructors argue with me. And I'm like, if you didn't do it, there'd be no collision. Thus, you are the cause of the collision. You're better off making a right turn and going around the block and making a left turn at an intersection, using a driveway or a parking lot to make a, a turn, because a U-turn takes time, and increases your increases, increases your exposure to collision. It's just a bad idea in most situations, in my opinion. I agree. We agree. Um, I Which we don't always do. But th- th- no, time. there are times when we don't. Uh, BC, okay, do BC novice learners permits need to display their magnetic sign on Ontario car when on Ontario. Depends what novice means. So uh, if you're saying that this is a novice or a learner permit, like they're being supervised by another driver, technically that permit isn't valid in Ontario. Uh, in Ontario, you must be 16 years old. I think in BC, you can be younger. Um, you need to know whether or not it's permitted to be used. Like If you move from BC to Ontario, your permit would have to be reapplied for from zero. We do not accept learner's permits from other provinces. That said, uh, we don't have a rule saying that, so, oh wait, novice from your province, if you have like the equivalent of a G2, you would have to put your magnetic sign in your vehicle because it's a condition of your driving in your province. So we don't have it here, but yes, you'd have to continue doing it because if we have a G2 driver in BC, they have to follow all of their conditions. It's a condition of your license. I had, I'd never thought, no one's ever asked me that before. There you go. Okay. Um, what is the difference between a special constable and a police constable? Spe- uh, special constables are special. They're, they're actually civilians that have expanded powers under the, uh, the criminal code while they're working and specific to their jobs. I think that's the... the, the yeah, so they have, they have the ability to enforce laws, certain laws at certain times, depending on, on what they have been sworn in to do. Are they, are they citizens? No, they're, they're constables with limited powers. Uh, sorry, and that, what, I, what I was really getting at is when they are off duty, they are no longer with those powers. Right. They, they're, they're while they're working, they have expanded powers, and when they are off duty, they are back to being civilians, and they're not obligated to do the things that a police officer does, because we're police officers twenty four seven until we resign or retire, uh, and we are obligated under the uh, Police Services Act to do certain things. We'd still hope that our members who are not obligated would still do the right thing, but we have to do it. 
Otherwise, we get into trouble. Right. Okay, I meant to press this button. If you're what? I don't know, button. It's really going slow. Here we go. It's thinking about it. So this is what you will see if you go to trafficop.ca. And I bring this up because there's all sorts of good... What's going to happen if I press this button? We get half a face each. But it's bigger for you, so I do it anyway. Uh, this is what you get to if you go to trafficop.ca. It's my link tree. Uh, you can go to all of our content, all of our um, you know, new and trending. I put up stunt driving information because people... Talk about it a lot. Uh, if you want to get into today's show, if you want to listen to our podcasts, they're right here, all of our social media accounts. And what I'm really getting to is the useful links page. You want to make a report online, there's a bunch of stuff you can do right here. It'll take you to the police page that's appropriate. If you're a pedestrian or cyclist and you want to start a collision report, you can do that online and finish it when you get to the state, to the uh, reporting center, which is different than if you were a driver. But pedestrians and cyclists, we want to expedite your, your experience. Uh, there's also an extra location right here at Nine Hanna, only for cyclists and pedestrians, so you don't have to drive outside of the, or north of the city or, uh, or east of the city. Uh, if you want to get your license and you are seeing us and you're like, this, this is inspiring, you want to read more, Go here and you can get the MTO handbook. It'll help you get your G1. It's what you need to study to get your G1. <clears throat> Same thing for a motorcycle license. Let's say you want to loan your friend a car. It's your responsibility to ensure that their license is valid before you loan it to them. So you can hit this button. It'll take you to the page where you can enter some information and it'll verify that the license is actually valid. Because if you lend your car to somebody and it's not valid, you can get a ticket. And lose your car. And lose your car because they could smack it up too. Well, um, you lose your car because they're driving suspended? Or oh, if it, yes, in some situations. And you would. have no way of getting your car back. I was thinking more or less. Of the, of the, like if, you're, if the driver's license is suspended mm -hmm. or restricted in any way because of a court order and you lend your car out to somebody, you have the obligation to check. And if you don't check and they get caught, you lose your car. He's bad. Demerit points explained here, renewing your license plate. I'm reading all these. You can read them yourself. Uh, but there's lots of great information here. And you have access to it, access to it by just going to trafficop.ca. And and that is all I have to say about that. I got a question for you. What do you have to say? What time is your appointment? Uh, in two minutes. So we have to go. Yep. Uh, but before we do, and I apologize, there's some questions that will not be answered today, but we will be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. to do it all again. Um, I found a bad joke generator. Oh. And I'm going to put it on screen for everybody. Really slow. Here we go. I'm gonna press it. Hey, it actually went fairly quickly. <coughs> Here we go. What do you call a monkey in a minefield? This is a dangerous generator. I don't know. A baboon. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, it's not exact. Okay. Quick one, Sean. Okay. I had heard that insurance companies. Are warning campers that if their tent is stolen during the night, they won't be covered. <laughs> That's actually good. My boss told me to attach two pieces of wood together. I totally nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. This is great. When I found out my toaster wasn't waterproof, I was shocked. All right. Last hey, one. Oh, yeah. If lightning was to hit an orchestra, who would it hit? Who? The conductor. <laughs> Good job. Why did, the cow why did the cowboy have a wiener dog? Someone told him to get a long little doggy. Get a long little doggy. All right. 
that is that is it. That is all, and I got to go. But thank you for spending time with us. Uh, we're gonna play this song that we play at the end of every every episode. It's the magical song, traffic song. I'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. and we'll see you then. Have a great one. Bye, everyone. Yellow light, red light, green light, go. Driving safely helps the traffic flow. Watch for pedestrians, look out for bikes, and don't drive like a jerk that no one likes. Yellow light, red light, green light, go. Driving safely is the way to go. Put down your cell phone, nobody needs you to text and drive on the DVP. Yellow light, red light, green light, go. Stop at stop signs, look both ways, then go. Seatbelt, save your life indeed. And watch your driving, don't speed. Yellow light, red light, green light, go. Driving safely is the way to go. Don't drink and drive or smoke some weed because you might go to jail and not get free. Yellow light, red light, green light, go. Driving safely helps the traffic flow. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow at 10. Uh, drive safe, drive sober, don't speed, park legally, and I'll let you ask.